All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! Moments notice. It only You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What <laughs> Don't waste all the good stuff on the off-air. Let's go.
Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. My name is Dave Quadrelli. Uh, I'm not joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber, our technical producer. The only man on the line with me right now is Alex Allard. Uh, I'm not joined by Chris because, as you may have heard yesterday, uh, both Chris and I are a little under the weather right now, and I'm doing a lot better than he is. Um, he he is like I, I just chatted with him about five minutes before going here, so it's a solo episode today. But I will be joined. Uh, I teased it on Twitter. <laughs> Harmon Dial will be joining me at 1:20. Guy always comes through. Uh, that Harmon Dial. So he's coming in at 1:20. Brought to you by Zephyr Epic. But Chris is doing. Not great. Uh, I, I think he'll be okay, but I heard him talk, and folks, you do not want to hear that. Um, more so than you don't even want to hear me, I would assume. So uh, we'll get to it here. We, we've got a mailbag, a uh, lot of questions that came in, so it's going to be good. But yes, uh, Chris B in the YouTube live chat asked, is that why there was no show yesterday? bang on exactly that reason uh we we just we couldn't get it done like i was i wasn't feeling great yesterday i'm doing a little bit better today so forgive me because i'm still a little bit sick uh but chris like i said uh much worse than me so it's good to hear that we're back on uh we're live on the canucks army youtube channel which is just fantastic to see i would say um like we said a thousand subscribers gets us there we got to it uh, all of the listeners, we, we see so many people already, Commander Vander, Jesse Town, Lisa Martin, Cody Severson, everybody um, jumping in from the Nation Network channel, which is now being converted to the Oilers Nation channel. So I understand a lot of people saying already, I'm going to go unsubscribe from that uh, and subscribe to the Canucks Army YouTube channel, which is fantastic to see. But I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm going to get to it right now. We've got a mailbag coming up. And as I said, at 1.20 p.m., we'll be joined by Harmon Dial. Uh, Alex, I, I need to talk to somebody. So I, I just quickly... How are you doing today? Like it's a Tuesday. How are you doing today? Good. I just took a bite of a sandwich. So bad timing on my part. It's a it's a shame we can't see each other uh, when we're doing this show. I know you can see me, but I can't see you. So my apologies for getting you as soon as we uh, soon as we, uh, you had a bite of your big sandwich there. Okay, so let's get to it here. I got some news and notes, and folks with Faber out. People are wondering, how are you going to wear all these hats, quads? I've had a lot of people reach out. I had people send me fan mail saying, how are you going to do this? How are you going to do everything? Uh, I'm working on the Blackfish Report. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to do that. I'm not sure if I'm actually going to do the Blackfish Report. But Aiden McDonough signed. That's the big news since our last show. So I quickly want to get to that. Um, Usually, this is the part where I would say, Chris, Aiden McDonough signed. What can you tell us about him? But I knew I don't have that luxury today. So I watched every Aiden McDonough goal and every assist from this year. Uh, Wrote about it over at CanucksArmy.com. Wrote about his game and more specifically what to expect from him and also how the Canucks can put him in the best position to succeed. So uh, 23-year-old winger, left-shot winger, signs with the Canucks over the weekend. Uh, This was a guy who the Canucks pushed hard to sign last year. It didn't happen last year, and obviously that made a lot of people say, well, maybe he's going to test free agency. Maybe he's going to go sign elsewhere, because he could have waited till August 15th and had that opportunity. He could have gone anywhere he wanted. So... um, McDonough told us, Faber specifically, last May that his goal and his plan was still to sign with the Vancouver Canucks. And he's always, always said that, talked about loyalty. He said, you know, a club that drafted me in the seventh round um, of the draft, of course, I'm going to stay loyal to that club. Uh, McDonough following through on his word, signing with the team. So now the question is, what's next? Like, what, what's next 
for Aiden McDonough. And he's going to be joining the team on the road is what we believe. Rick Tockett was asked yesterday after Monday's practice kind of what his plan is for McDonough. And he talked about how he has some contacts, some guys that he knows that have watched McDonough play more talk admitted. He hadn't watched a ton, but he did say, you know, same thing we've all heard a uh, really good shot and needs to work on his skating a little bit, that type of thing. Uh, as for his deployment of McDonough, uh, this is what Talkin had to say. He said, we're going to try to get him into a game. He's got a great shot, really great score, needs to work on his skating a little bit, but apparently he's a high-level shot, so interested to see what he can do. It's a tough one because I like the way the team's playing, so it's not like he's coming in and we're going to put him in right now. We're playing good hockey right now. A lot of guys deserve to stay in the lineup. You see if some guys play dips a little bit, but you don't take a guy out if he has one bad game. If you see consistency from a couple guys, maybe you pop him in there, which is okay, but we haven't made that decision yet. So it really doesn't sound like McDonough's going to get this long run that we saw a player like Brock Besser, who obviously is of a different caliber than McDonough is, but we're still not going to see it uh, for a long stretch of time. It doesn't seem like, but when McDonough gets in the lineup, let's say he only gets a few games. Okay. Let, let's say it's only a few games after watching him play. He, to me, he just looks like a guy who probably can't drive a line by himself. I almost looked at him in a way, in a similar way to Andre Kuzmenko at the start of the year. Cause I think Kuzmenko's play driving ability has gotten better and his two way play has certainly gotten better. But for McDonough, the ability to get himself into open ice almost to, go unnoticed from defensive zone coverage, right? Just just to float away into open space and really find himself in good scoring positions is really, really good. And if guys can get him the puck, he's going to put it in the back of the net. His shot is NHL caliber. Uh, that there, I don't think there's any doubt about that, to be quite honest with you. Uh, the video is in the article at CanucksArmy.com. You can watch all of his goals. The guy's shooting from everywhere, right? Like, I think that's what... That's what surprised me the most as somebody who, you know, I've heard Faber talk about him, but I'm watch I watched him very closely recently. It surprised me how he's shooting basically from anywhere and everywhere on the ice. And it doesn't matter what kind of shot he's taking. It's going in the back of the net. Like it's a one-timer. It's a snapshot. Uh, it's a one-timer from basically the red line on the side, right? Um, his home is basically that Elias Pettersson spot on the power play, right? Like on his off wing. I would really like to see this guy get some power play two time. Um, I would also like to see him play with Miller or Pettersson, preferably Pettersson, to be honest with you. And I know you don't really want to shake up that Kuzmenko, Beauvillier, Pettersson line, but I think for a game, I, I don't think you're losing too much by just, you know, maybe take take Beauvillier out for a game uh, and just say, hey, it's nothing to do with you as a player because Beauvillier has been great, right, since coming over in the Bo Horvat trade. But I would really like to see Aiden McDonough get a shot where Beauvillier is playing right now. And that includes kind of on the power play as well. You put McDonough in positions to succeed. Look, he's not going to be uh, a world burner by any means. He's not going to come in and he's not going to, you know, take the job from Beauvillier, what you're doing is you're giving him a chance to get his feet wet. And this is something that Adam Gaudet talked about when he signed out of Northeastern, right? And how many Gaudet McDonough comparisons have we heard in the last 48 hours? But uh, to the point, Gaudet talked a lot about how those were really good times for him to get that NHL experience. Now with the Gaudet situation, sure, the Canucks rushed him the next year and obviously he went right to the NHL and he probably wasn't ready to be a third line center. But with McDonough, it seems very clear that 
next year is going to be predominantly in the AHL, but he's going to have a chance. He's going to have a chance to make the team out of camp. But I think it's been communicated clearly from the club to the player that, hey, we have a huge focus on development here now. We have a really good program out in Abbotsford that we're really proud of and that we've invested a lot into. We really want to put you through that and talk about development and all that sort of stuff. And we've heard McDonough talk about that. Uh, he actually spoke with the media yesterday. I asked him about his skating. Uh, he talked about how that's a work in progress. And he said it's going to be something he works on for the rest of his career. So we'll see what the future has in store for Aiden McDonough. Um, he will probably make his debut on this road trip. I think that's when he'll join the team. Uh, we do expect him to make his NHL debut in one of those games. But like Tockett said, complicated situation for him. Like I said, I would like to see him get that shot uh, in Anthony Beauvillier's spot. Okay, last piece of news and notes before we get to the mailbag here. Uh, Rick Dollywall of Donnie and Dolly reporting this this morning. Yanni Yermo and the Canucks have not had any contract talks yet. Uh, the Canucks have his rights until June 1st, 2024, uh, at which point Yermo will be eligible to go become a free agent, uh, similar to what the Canucks did with Philip Johansson, Neil Zaman, etc. So, uh, Yanni Yermo has not been contacted yet about a contract, so we'll see kind of how that situation plays out. Uh, but just something to kind of keep an eye on. And Dolly will also reporting he's out one week uh, with some inflammation, uh, short term injury, of course. Okay, I don't think we have any music for it, Alex, but uh, let's get to the mailbag. And here's the funny part, folks, is yeah, Chris is sick, but he's still done some work. You saw today he wrote the article about Yermo. Uh, he was the one that compiled all these screenshots of uh, of the questions. So to be quite honest with you, I haven't really looked at these questions yet. So Alex is going to flash them on the screen. Alex, you choose whatever order you want. And of course, Alex starts with a goaltending question. So we'll get to this right now. Uh, okay. The first question uh, from at Strongbelly on Twitter. What does the Canucks goaltending depth chart look like for next season? Who starts in Abbey? Who backs up in Van? This is a really interesting question because we've had this conversation before, Chris and I, about the goaltending. And I've talked about a veteran backup goaltender. And I've talked about, you know, Artie would really bend Archer Seelovs, of course, would really benefit from a full season as an AHL starter, right? Like, I, there's no harm in him being an NHL backup. But I think there's more benefit to him playing as an AHL starter for a full season. We are seeing some fantastic work from him in the AHL. Just over the weekend, uh, he had that fantastic performance. Cody Sievertson wrote about it for CanucksArmy.com. But what he talked about was, um, you know, how Seelovs just held them in that game. And he was 30 seconds away or maybe 10 seconds away from a shutout, a one nothing shutout. Uh, and then the other team tied it up, goes to overtime. Uh, shootout and of course that's kind of where it all ended uh, unfortunately for Artie but um, really interesting question about the depth chart because I think I I don't think it's an outside signing like the more I think about it and you know we've talked about it um, what I would really like to see oh and Faber's got the Artie party like for me which is fantastic Faber just jumping in um, but when it comes to the goaltending chart like I really think it's still Spencer Martin's job as the NHL backup and I know a lot of people are going to scoff at that but look like just just talking to folks kind of you know in and around the organization all that sort of stuff the goal is for Martin to rebuild his game like the demotion to the AHL wasn't okay this guy sucks we need to figure out plan B it's 
okay, we know this guy can be better than this. The starter's workload was obviously too much for him. Splitting starts wasn't working at the NHL level, and let's give a shot to Archer Seelovs. That's kind of what it came down to, really, right? But, you know, what does Spencer Martin look like with this new structure, with this newfound structure for with Rick Tockett? Because the Canucks are playing a lot better, right? Like, Thatcher Demko's been fantastic, don't get me wrong, but... Canucks have been playing better defensively in front of their goaltenders. So I, again, I, I haven't given up on Spencer Martin and I know that might sound crazy to say, but I, I think the goal is still to have Martin rebuild his game. Like the goal in Abbotsford is to, you know, have Martin go down there, get some working with Marco Terenius, of course, and really start to rebuild his confidence, rebuild his game. Uh, he hasn't been fantastic in Abbotsford by any means, but it's a work in progress, right? So, um, you know, a lot of people in the chat even are saying, uh, you know, they, they have to find a new backup. It's not going to be Delia or Martin. So, you know, who knows? Like, who knows? I, I, I'm just saying from what I understand, the goal of the organization is to rebuild Spencer Martin. Like, let's not forget guys. Let's not forget that Spencer Martin signed for next year. Right. And he's, he's on a one-way contract. So, you know, that's going to cost them. It's not going to show up on the cap hit, but it is real dollars. And ideally, you don't have to allocate cap space to a goaltender who, you know, you know, maybe maybe you overpay a bit for. I, I don't know. Like, I don't like the idea of going out and getting a, a two or three million dollar backup. I think the Canucks need to allocate that cap space elsewhere. So we'll see what happens. But again, if the plan is to make the playoffs, and this is just brought up by Corey Anderson, actually, if your plan is to make the playoffs, you need a better backup in case Demko gets hurt again. To that, and I'll close this out here because I spent so much time on this one question. To that, I will say that you get a backup and he serves as Thatcher Demko's backup, obviously. But if Thatcher Demko goes down, you know you have Archer Seelovs there. And I think you can run Archer Seelovs at the NHL level. I would I would rather have Archer Seelovs starting at the NHL level over whatever backup the Canucks sign or Spencer Martin or Colin Delia. I would rather have Archer Seelovs in there. I'm not, I'm not doing that as a bit. I, I'm serious. Like I, I think Ar- Archer Seelovs would be ready for that if Demko goes down midway point next year or whatever, right? If he sustains any sort of injury, you give it to Archer Seelovs. You don't just throw in a backup. I say, I say even if you don't make a signing and it is Spencer Martin, I don't think Martin just immediately steps up to that starter's role. I think you call up Archer Seelovs and you say, hey, you were playing really well in the AHL, we assume. Um, and we need you to come do that at the NHL level. He Look, three and two record uh, over five NHL starts for Archer Seelovs. He's looked good. He's looked good with every start he's made. He's looked better. Um, so we'll close it there. That's our, uh, that's our mailbag. First mailbag question, which I spent about six minutes answering. So Alex, fire up the next one here. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Started with a goaltending question. We got to try to rapid fire these because Harm is joining in about four minutes time. Okay. Uh, this one from user JL on Twitter. Please comment on the beauty of an article by Noah Strang on Canucks Army. And who would you like to see the Canucks pursue as a third line center? It's got to be Ivan Barbashev, doesn't it? And, and the article he's talking about, uh, it's over on CanucksArmy.com. Obviously, it's by Noah Strang. Seven options for the Canucks uh, in free agency uh, to address the third line center issue that this team has. It's got to be Ivan Barbashev, doesn't it? Like he's top of the list. He's the guy you have to go after. He's a Dan Milstein client. So hopefully you can get the Milstein discount. Uh, hopefully that's going to start to be a thing since he, the Canucks have so many clients. It's got to be Ivan Barbashev. That's that's who I'm saying is I'd like to see them go after Barbashev. There's not really any other name on that list that I um, that I, I really look at and say, wow, it would be great if the Canucks could go after this guy. Okay, next one here. 
All right, Pucker Glenn on Twitter. Glenn, good guy. Uh, since Canucks are signing NCAA free agents and scouting Cornell, what is the 411 on their prospect, Jack Malone, also drafted with Aiden McDonough? Also update on more NCAA free agents made available this past weekend. Glenn says he will be tuning in. Uh, this is a tough one. <laughs> Faber jumped in the chat and said, this is a tough one for quads. I really don't know much about Jack Malone, but I would assume with all the years it's been since Jack Malone was drafted, do we really think it's going to be anything there? And as I wait for Chris to text me uh, and tell me if the four four eleven four one one on Jack Malone, uh, I, I don't really know. I don't really know uh, much about him. Faber says he's going back for his senior year. Uh, I don't know much about Jack Malone uh, or Cornell, if I'm being honest. Uh, he had a good run as of late. Uh, okay, Lisa Martin asking for a puppy update. I don't want to keep talking about my puppy. And you know what? Lisa asked if I could bring him on camera. That's not going to happen. Uh, he's he's not. That's not going to work. He's going to be way too hyped. It's not going to work. Uh, maybe one day, but not yet. Uh, and I don't want to keep talking about my puppy because to be honest with you, every day is the same and every day is pretty boring. If I'm being honest with you, he doesn't do much. He sleeps a lot. And it, it's really just a process of sleep, wake up, eat, play, sleep eat, play, and you drink some water in there as well. Okay, Alex, let's go. Next question. Uh, Deaky Pete asks, trophies or Columbus meets? North Burnaby guy. Uh, grew up in North Burnaby, of course. I got to go with trophies. It's just like you, you can go get lunch there. You know, me and my friends used to go there and get bore sometimes at lunch. It was delicious. Uh, I'm going with trophies. No disrespect to Columbus Meats, fantastic deli in its own right, but uh, I have to stick with my allegiance to North Burnaby trophies. Uh, okay, do we have any more? Uh, I also, we're waiting for Harmon. Uh, Harmon Watch is officially on. He's going to be uh, he's gonna be coming up here soon. Uh, okay, who looks to be on track to get the next call-up uh, from Strong Belly again? This is an interesting one for me, and I've thought about it because you look at what they have, right? Like you look at what they have down in Abbotsford, and I think the one guy that you really look at is Linus Carlson. And Linus Carlson, I believe Talkit was talking about him because uh, Talkit made the trip out with Adam Foote to the Abbotsford Canucks game this past weekend. And he talked about what he saw and he talked about Linus Carlson and Linus Carlson's having a fantastic season out in Abbotsford. It's got to be Linus Carlson. He's not a center. He's a winger. I know someone in the chat was asking if he's going to play 3C. Uh, Carlson is a winger, so he's going to come in and play wing. Similar concept, I'd say, to McDonough reward him give him the shot next to Elias Pettersson like you don't have much to lose and I understand the Canucks have won four straight I understand Tockett is very happy about the structure that he's implemented he's very happy with the way his team is playing right now but honestly I I would really like to see these guys get a really strong shot like get give them the shot um you know not next to Sheldon Dries give them the shot next to a top six center, someone who can really distribute the puck and someone who can uh, really compliment them and make them, you know, get the best out of them. Uh, that being said, there's another guy out there named Niels Huglander, another Swedish player who you look at and say, how hasn't he gotten a call up yet? You see Niels Amon gets the call back up. You see Vasily Podkolzin gets the call back up. Hell, even Atu Ratu had a brief little stint with the Canucks. I know he's a center and Hoaglander's a winger, but I would like to see Niels Hoaglander get a shot at some point. We've heard so much about his development out in Abbotsford this year, and I'd like to see. I'd like to see kind of what what he has worked on and if you can see any other differences in his game. That being said, Talkit loves his North-South players, right? Like Rick Talkit loves to talk about his North-South players. And 
if ever there was one player who you look at and say, oh, there's an East-West player, it's it's probably Niels Huglander. Now, I think Huglander has it in him to be a North-South player, but he at his core, he is an East-West player. But I really think we've seen him forecheck hard at the AHL level, and, and I might be wrong about this, but I think... I think Talkett even commented on Hoaglander's forechecking ability when he talked about uh, that game out in Abbotsford that he went to watch with Adam Foote. But Hoaglander has it in him. I think it's just going to be something he's kind of taught. Uh, and again, we talked to Jeremy Colleton last week. Maybe that's something we should ask is just, hey, like how much communication do you have with Rick Talkett? And does the development change at all? Does anything change when a new head coach comes in at the NHL level? Uh, okay, we'll, we'll maybe get back to the mailbag after but uh, i need to bring him in now because my voice is starting to hurt i'm very pleased to be joined now on late notice uh harman dial of the athletic joins the show now he'll be co-hosting with faber on friday as he usually does but harman dial uh joins us courtesy of our friends over at zephyr epic you can use promo code hockey season capital h capital s all one word hockey season that will get you five dollars off your order at zephyr epic.com z-e-p-h-y-r epic check them out on all platforms facebook twitter twitch instagram what have you they've got you covered for all of your trading card needs free shipping on any order over fifty dollars be sure to go check out zephyr epic harman how are you doing today If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm great, man. I'm uh, excited. I had a conversation with uh, Pod Colson yesterday to wrap up a feature that I'm working on. So that's going to be dropping tomorrow and I'm at the story now where I'm sure you can re- relate where you got all the material you wanted and now it's just about how you want to piece it all together. It's the most exciting part about writing and putting stories together. So today's going to be a lot of fun. 
Awesome. And uh, let's start there. Let's start with Pod Coles. And uh, you don't have to, you know, divulge too much and tell me everything in your story. But overall, what have you made of Pod Colson's game from the start of the year to post call up? Like, what have you made of Pod Colson's game? Yeah, I think overall, I think he'd be the first one to tell you that it's been a disappointing, tough season. In fact, that's exactly what he sort of said to me was that it's been a really tough year for him to navigate through. In the earlier parts of the season, he started the year in the season opener when we were both in Edmonton on Horvat's line. And it felt like through the first few games, he was actually showing legitimate strides in his playmaking. The problem was that early on, I think he didn't get any bounces in terms of, I remember that season opener against Edmonton. One of the best games I've ever seen Pod Colson play. He didn't register a point because Pod Colson was setting up Horvat in the slot and Horvat, who's been on a shooting bender the entire year, somehow missed all those chances. Now, I'm not saying it was, you know, it's Horvat's fault or anything. That's just the way the bounces went that game and through the first four games. And so when the production wasn't there, then Pod Colson was uh, sent further down the lineup. That's, I think, when you saw him lose some confidence. Then briefly, he was called up, uh, sent up the lineup again to play with Pedersen. And again, same sort of thing. We saw that Hoaglander, Pod Colson, Pedersen line. They dominated playing chances, but they couldn't bury and capitalize on them. So Boudreaux had no choice but to essentially uh, send him back down the lineup. And again, that's, I think, where he started to lose confidence. And one of the biggest takeaways that I've had in, in getting to know him a little bit over the last couple of seasons is that Pod Colson is very, very hard on himself when he makes mistakes. He's very hard on, hard on himself when he's struggling. And I think one of the biggest lessons that he's had to learn is to be patient, to understand its process and be easier on himself mentally because he was beating himself up. He told me, he told me straight up that he started to think, oh my God, am I a bad player? Right. And that's where, when I asked him about spending time in Abbotsford, he said that the biggest sort of benefit wasn't necessarily working on a specific part of his game in terms of oh, wall battles or defensive play or anything systems wise. It was having the chance to work with the Sedins a lot, which he's still doing to, to this day, speaking with them daily on having conversations, learning the mental and being more patient and um, learning how to grapple with the highs and lows that come with being an effective NHL player. Because look, confidence is, you talk to any player who's producing and you ask them, oh, what's going what's going well right now? They're kind of just like, I don't really know. I'm just playing. I'm just playing off my instincts. And I think that's something Pod Colson lost. I think since he's come back, he's playing with, with, uh, with more of that confidence, which he was able to build by producing in Abbotsford. And so now I'm, now I'm just kind of curious to see if he can hopefully um, find some traction because he is starting to play better, but he's still in a situation where against Otto, for example, he only, he only played eight minutes, right? So is that enough of a window, enough of an opportunity for him to, start producing and and really start to take steps in, in building his game back up. So with building his game back up, what do you think the best course of action is? Because we, we just had this conversation earlier in the show about Aiden McDonough. And I, I'm saying with McDonough, and we'll get to McDonough in a sec. I want your opinion on the question too. But with McDonough, I look at it and say, he's got to play with a top six player. Is Pod Colson ready for that opportunity again? Because you just said it, like he had it and he couldn't finish. So Boudreaux had no choice but to lower him in the lineup. Look, he's a North-South player. Talkett loves his North-South players. Does he get that opportunity again in the final stretch of the season here? Yeah, it's going to be tough because 
there are so many wingers that are vying for opportunities, especially we haven't even spoken about a guy like Garland who's been playing with Oman and Joshua. And credit to those guys because those two have been playing well together and that's worked as a line. But do you think Connor Garland is happy in general about playing with fourth line players? I'm sure he'd love to be playing with the lineup um, with his best friend JT Miller again, right? So with Podkosin, it's interesting because when Kravtsov first came and they played together on a line, I thought Kravtsov was starting to build with his game and there seemed to be some chemistry forming. But Kravtsov, in my opinion, the last few games has been has been slow. I don't think that line, that line like, I don't think his line mates have given Pod Colson enough, if I'm being honest. And so I do wonder if, if at some point you look at Phil DiGiuseppe's role in the top six next to JT Miller and, and Brock Besser. And, and I wonder if you sort of go, that's an opportunity for Pod Colson to eventually get um, get a chance there. But I, I don't know how Rick Talk is thinking, right? Because he also, but Pod Colson also got, what was it, one game next to Pedersen? I think it was against Dallas, and that was a short-lived experiment before we saw the line blender again. I, I don't know what Rick Tockett is thinking. I will say that with Aiden McDonough, I, I'm not sure that I'd immediately thrust him into a top six role. I think with somebody like Pod Colson, right, like assuming when McDonough comes that Pod Colson is still playing decently, that he's not struggling, I think he's probably earned that chance ahead of McDonough I think McDonough should get that opportunity at some point before the season ends, but you know, I, the way I'm looking at it is, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate to give McDonough the sort of Adam Gaudet treatment. If you remember a few, a few years ago, I think he signed at the end of what was the 2018-19 season, and he started in a bottom six role, and that was more about let's just give you a taste of the NHL. I wouldn't mind if McDonough first started in a bottom six role, and then maybe with two, three games left in the season then he gets a top six role. Okay. I like that. I like that. Now, Chris and I had this conversation on Friday. Um, the coaching bump, the new coach bump with Rick Tockett. Look, a lot of people talking about how it feels a little more real, Harmon. Do you buy it at least a little bit that this is the new Canucks under Rick Tockett? Well, I buy that their process has looked better in this second half than it did under Boudreaux because I think Boudreaux, or I think under Boudreaux, they were being bolstered heavily by how elite Thatcher Demko was playing. Now, Demko's played really well too since Talkett has emerged, but you look at some of the underlying data, and this Canucks team under Talkett now is controlling play a lot better than they were under Boudreaux, where it felt like it was A, goaltending, and then B, special teams that was bailing them out. When you're leaning that heavily on special teams and goaltending, that's usually not. Uh, an infrastructure that you can rely on to hold up over a long sort of um, sample. And that's exactly what Alvin alluded to at one point in the season when they look back at that run under Boudreaux. Now, the thing that you can't account for, which I've been speaking a lot about, is that these games don't have any pressure, right? I can't, I, I can't tell myself with certainty that this is the new Canucks, that we're going to see this version for all 82 games next season, because we're at a point in the, we're at a point in the season now where the pressure's off of them. There's no expectations. They're not fighting for for the playoffs, and it's a big difference when you're trying to hold a lead. For example, when you are in a spot where another team's trying to catch you in the standings and you need this W, or you're playing against a divisional opponent and you know that this is a four point game and that you'd love to close it out, as opposed to holding a lead in a game where it's 
game 68, you're like 10 points out of the playoffs and you're like a a month away from the season ending. Like those are two totally different circumstances and, and, and how it tests you mentally. And we saw, right? Like the run that they had under Bruce coming into the season, everybody was talking about, Oh, we can't have a slow start. We've had that. We've had years in a row. We're ready. We're ready. We're not going to blow a tire right out of the gate. And what happened, right? There were 0 and 5 on that first road trip, blowing multi goal leads and still losing in regulation at a rate which they set an NHL record for. I mean, I, I still don't know whether this group is mentally resilient enough to sustain this type of form. They're going to have to prove, prove it to me. Cautiously optimistic. I like it. And I also think that, you know, it's going to be a different group next year to some extent. So I think that's the other thing to consider. Final one for me, Harmon. Um, the goaltending depth chart. Lot, lots been talked about about the backup next year. What direction would you like to see them go? Because I just talked about Spencer Martin is kind of what this organization would like to work out as the backup next year. Uh, keep him around as the backup. And then maybe if Demko goes down, you call up Seelovs. That was the take I gave earlier. What's your take on the goaltending situation heading into next year? Yeah, I think that sounds um, pretty smart to me. I mean, it, it'll it'll be interesting because I think the one consideration that I haven't spent as deep of uh, as deep uh, a time looking at as, as I'd like to, to this point is sort of understanding what's best for Silovs' development. My initial thought was like you in the sense that Martin showed really well down the stretch that he could competently back up, um, back up Demko. Even at the start of this season, he was playing pretty solid hockey. His game only started to crumble when he was thrust into the starters position because Demko went down with injury and look, that happens to guys, right? That happens to a lot of NHL backups where, they can play well when they're tapped on the shoulder to stand in the boot paint every, let's say, every fourth game. But then all of a sudden, if you rely on them for three out of four games, now you've got the the this team has to make the playoffs, and it's all riding on your shoulders. And this is one of the the worst defensive teams in all of hockey. That environment, you can understand how it could crumble a goaltender's confidence. So, I definitely think. Given the team's cap constraints too, it'd be ideal if the Canucks can find a way to work work it out with Martin, knowing that Silovs is also a sort of competent um, number three who can step up in a pinch to play a few games here or there because it's not cheap to find quality NHL backups anymore. We saw with how much the Canucks, and I know it was a little bit different because they were more looking for 1B than a tr- traditional backup, but you saw the way the Canucks had to spend in Hopian um, during the 2021 campaign, but even beyond that, it, it, like a lot of NHL backups cost in the two million range these days. And you look at the Canucks' other needs on the blue line, what they may need in terms of another, say, like a third line centerman for next season. It'd be a benefit for them to be able to go cheap and go with Demko and you know Martin's seven hundred fifty thousand dollar cap hit, or and knowing that you have Seelovs' dirt cheap ELC behind uh, as well. So I think that would preferably be your your uh, first uh, first choice. I, I tend to agree with uh, your take there. Awesome. That's all I wanted to hear is you agreeing with my take. <laughs> Harmon, thank you for doing this on short notice, man. Uh, the listeners will see you on Friday. Of course, man. Thanks. 
Harmon Dial. There he is. Uh, Harmon Dial of The Athletic. Uh, our thanks again to him and, of course, our friends over at Zephyr Epic. They have a retail location in Surrey, which I should have mentioned earlier, uh, but be sure to go check them out online as well. ZephyrEpic.com. That is Z-E-P-H-Y-R. Epic.com. Okay, Alex, fire up the mailbag again. I know we had more than we actually got to, so let's get to it here. Also, lots of interaction in the YouTube live chat. Fantastic to see um, lots of people giving their take on the goaltending situation. And the more I think about it, folks, um, the more I look at the situation and lay it out again, how I just did about Spencer Martin being the backup next year. And like we know he can do spot duty. That's what Harmon just said as well. We know he can do spot duty. Um, you assume this team's going to be better defensively next year as well. He did spot duty when this team wasn't good defensively, and he was fine. Like, he was fine in that role. The organization wants him to work out there. Uh, they want him to be the backup next year. That's what I think is the best course of action, because Harmon just said it as well. Uh, a backup that you trust is probably going to cost you at least $2 million, and you're going to be adding that to your cap hit. Canucks have bigger, bigger fish to fry, I'd say. And again, like I said, if Demko goes down, Seelovs is the one that gets the call up and you're starting him. You're not putting Martin in and saying, okay, now we need you to start three out of every four. So that's my take on the goaltending. Okay, Alex, fire it up. Let's go. Mailbag, what's the next question? Let's see it. Okay, I got to take a drink of water. I haven't drank. I should have drank while Harmer was talking, but I didn't. So give me a sec here. Important to stay hydrated, folks. Uh, okay, Andy on Twitter asks... Uh, hashtag ask Dave anything. I love that. Do the Canucks need to give Pod Coles in a longer leash, i.e. just play him 20 minutes a game for the rest of the season, regardless of the game situation? Now, interesting question, because like Harmon talks about it as well. What does rebuilding Pod Colson's game look like, right? Because we, we did see it in that game, like Harmon said, against Dallas, where he got a shot with Leas Pedersen, and it was a quick experiment, and that doesn't do great things for your confidence, but talk it really likes Pod Colson. You hear him talking about Pod Colson, and what he says is, you know, he's so close to getting it. He's got a lot of really good tools. He's putting in a lot of work with Daniel and Henrik Sedin after practice and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know if just giving him a longer leash is the best course of action. I, like Harmon said as well, there's a lot of wingers on this team, and there's a lot of wingers that are gunning for a shot. I... I don't know if giving him a longer leash is the right idea. I think letting him make his mistakes and making sure he's not super hard on himself as he is, um, I think that's the best course of action for the rest of the season. I don't know if it's just putting him in 20 plus minutes a game alongside Elias Patterson. Could it help? Yeah, it could. But I also think if it fails miserably, it could hurt him too. So I think that's kind of what you have to keep in mind here. Okay, Alex, let's go. Next question. Let's try and hurry it up here. I'm trying to run through these questions as we have about five minutes left in the show. Uh, I didn't want to go, uh, didn't want to go longer or shorter. So we're going to get this done. Uh, Andy, again, hashtag ask Dave anything. What is your morning and evening routine with the pup? Simple folks. You wake up. Uh, well, usually I wake up around three in the morning, take him for a quick pee, uh, then he maybe needs to play a little bit. Usually that's not the case because I don't want to play with him at that hour. So usually it's a quick pee back to bed. He's usually really good about going back to bed, which is awesome. Wake up probably around 630. That's when he actually wakes up. You know, like I said, quick pee, uh, eats, plays, and then his nap is around 8, 830. So that's kind of his morning schedule. Evening, very similar. 
got to eat, got to have a good play, really good play to get him in for the night. Uh, and then he goes to bed and he sleeps, you know, pretty well. Like I said, only up about once um, every night. So that's my, uh, that's my evening and morning routine with the pup. Okay. Our next question is from Jeremy Dyson here. Who will have more goals by the end of the season? Andre Kuzmenko or Austin Matthews at the time of this recording, 31 goals for Austin Matthews, 32 for Andre Kuzmenko and folks, Kuzmenko's riding that shooting percentage quite high. Those on the YouTube YouTube show will see that's sort of hovering around 27%, while Matthews is 12.45%. Uh, very, very impressive uh, from Andre Kuzmenko with the rate that he's converting. Uh, that being said, his expected goals is a lot higher. That is Austin Matthews' expected goals, excuse me, not Kuzmenko. So, um, you know, I, I'm curious to see. I would say it's Kuzmenko. I, I'm going to say Kuzmenko because I have no reason to believe that he's going to show any sign of stopping. I, I would say that's the case. So I'm going to go with uh, Andre Kuzmenko for that one. And shout out to Chris who made that uh, made that graphic as well. Okay, Alex, next one. Let's go. Fire it up. Do we have any more questions, Alex? <laughs> Okay, there we go. Uh, what are all of Faber's icks? Okay, this is an interesting one because I'm trying to figure it out. He really doesn't like when I eat during the show. He really doesn't like when I uh, don't pay attention when he's doing prospect reports and all that. He's come around to it a little bit, but uh, that's one thing that I've noticed with Chris is he uh, he really doesn't like it when I don't pay pay full attention to him. But hey, I made the outline for this show. I had to do everything myself today. Newfound respect, newfound respect and appreciation for the work that Chris does because hey, it's not easy to plan a show, folks. Uh, I'm just kidding. It took me about 10 minutes. But anyways, uh, Faber made all the graphics, which is like I said, it's a big part of the show and I'm glad he was still able to do it. So that was very nice to see. Okay, Alex, how many more do we have here? We got about five minutes left. I still got to get Betway in uh, and I still got to get Wigs for Kids as well. No, that's it. Okay, fantastic. Let's get to Betway. Uh, This is my first Betway read, folks. Uh, Okay, so Betway, Betway, Betway. Uh, I'm going to read off of the Canucks Army Betway Bets of the Day, courtesy of Nikhil, who writes them over for us uh, at Canucks Army. He does a fantastic job, and he keeps track. This is the part I like the most, is he keeps track of his winnings on the year so at one point he was up over a hundred dollars and basically what he does is he either places a ten dollar bet or a five dollar bet and he keeps track all season long so our bets today are three bets of the day uh jason robertson to register over three and a half shots at minus 125 a ten dollar bet returns you eighteen dollars over on betway and the other one dallas to score a power play goal at minus 105 a ten dollar bet there returns you 1952 player special final one i'm gonna give you three today elias Pettersson and jason robertson to both score a point ten dollar bet returns you 1666 faber loves when i read that out so uh be sure to check out betway uh must be 19 plus to play if you choose to play please folks play responsibly uh that is all for today for betway but i want to quickly get this in as well wigs for kids folks we're making our final push for wigs for kids bc you've heard us talk about it before 
the BCHL Surrey Eagles are proud to be partnered with Wigs for Kids BC and the BC Children's Hospital Foundation. Wigs for Kids BC provides funding to cover the cost of custom-made human hair wigs for children and teens at BC Children's Hospital who have suffered hair loss due to cancer treatment or other serious illnesses. Donations to Wigs for Kids BC also help families pay for medications and feeding supplies that are essential for treatment but not covered by their medical plan. When a child has a serious illness, it takes an enormous toll on the entire family, both emotionally and financially. The assistance that Wigs for Kids BC provides makes the family's burden a little lighter so they can focus more of their time and energy on caring for their sick child. The Eagles play-by-play broadcaster and our pal Joey Pitt, who's got one heck of a head of hair, is trying to raise $15,000 for wigs for kids this year culminating in him shaving his head at the end of the season and donating it to be made into a wig for a lucky kid in the province the link is in the description be sure to go check out wigs for kids bc uh good good cause that uh, we would encourage everybody to donate to chris and myself on behalf of the show we will be making a donation as well uh joey's gonna be cutting his hair i believe that might happen at center ice even at an eagles game i might have to reach out to him about that i believe it is happening uh, at an Eagles game there uh, out, out in South Surrey uh, Arena. So be sure to go check it out. All right, that's it for today, folks. Uh, thank you to everybody who signed up and subscribed on the Canucks Army channel. We, no uh, no bump in the road here with listeners. we got a lot of people in the YouTube live chat. Fantastic to see uh, as Alex flashes the tank icon to let us remember uh, Chris because Chris, uh, of course unable to make the show today still interacting with everybody in the youtube live chat and folks if you're listening to the podcast and you want to check it out 1 p.m every day on the canucks army youtube channel you won't get any oilers content you go subscribe to canucks army no oilers content just canucks conversation just canucks army all the vancouver canucks content you would want canucks are in action tonight 7 p.m puck drop with the dallas stars Uh, we'll be back tomorrow to check that out and hopefully hopefully i will be joined by my regular co-host chris faber Signing off for now, uh, thanks again to Harmon Dial and our friends over at Zephyr Epic, and of course, our technical producer, Alex Allard. My name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.